Um, I'm Alan Slade, one of the retired ruling elders here at Grace Covenant. It's a pleasure to be with you this morning and to open God's word together. We'll be reading John 6, 51 through 69. Now, we all know that guy, the one who stirs things up, who uh, challenges our values, attitudes, beliefs, expectations, the one who offends us. Some of you are that guy. And uh, for some of you, I am that guy. Sorry, Mary. And, and women, don't be fooled by my gracious anachronistic language. You could be that guy too. Today, Jesus is that guy. He stirs things up, challenges values and beliefs, and offends many people. So we're going to read our passage, and then we'll pray. And then we'll look closely at what Jesus says here. So John 6, starting in verse 51. I'm the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. The Jews then disputed among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? So Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so whoever feeds on me, he also will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Not like the bread the fathers ate and died. Whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. Jesus said these things in the synagogue as he taught in Capernaum. When many of his disciples heard it, they said, this is a hard saying, who can listen to it? But Jesus, knowing in himself that his disciples were grumbling about this, said to them, do you take offense at this? Then what if you were to see the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help at all. The words that I've spoken to you are spirit and life. But there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning those, who those were who did not believe and who it was who would betray him. And he said, this is why I told you that no one can come to me unless it is granted him by the Father. After this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. So Jesus said to the 12, do you want to go away as well? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life, and we have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. 
All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God, that the people of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Lord, uh, guide us as we uh, think about your word this morning. Help us to understand who Jesus is, what he's done for us, and what our response should be. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So um, in verse 61, Jesus said, do you take offense at this? This is our sermon title. It's also our outline, but I'm going to flip it around. So first of all, do you take offense at this? So what is Jesus teaching? And then secondly, uh, do you take offense at this? What, what, who, who would take offense at this? What, what's, what's sort of the motivation to be offended? And then finally, let's make it personal. Do you take offense at this? What's our reaction to Jesus' teaching? And so um, first, uh, do you take offense at this? Uh, what is Jesus teaching here? And so John chapter six has a lot about bread. At the beginning of chapter six, Jesus miraculously fed the 5,000. And uh, the Jewish audience of that day could see the connection between the feeding of the 5,000 and the manna in the wilderness. And verse 31, the crowd said to Jesus, our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. So uh, I suspect uh, most of us are familiar with the manna. After rescuing Israel from Egypt, God miraculously provided manna to his people in the desert for 40 years daily. From Exodus 16:4, we read, the Lord said to Moses, behold, I'm about to rain bread from heaven for you. And the people shall go, shall go out and gather a day's portion every day. So the manna in the desert was daily bread provided miraculously. And when Jesus fed the 5,000, that bread was also provided miraculously. So the people were not offended by heavenly bread. As a matter of fact, they wanted more. Uh, and Jesus knew that. Uh, in verse 26 of John 6, Jesus said, you're seeking me not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. I suspect the people would have thought it was great to have a daily miracle of bread just like their fathers had. But in our text today, Jesus does not feed the crowd again. Instead, in verse 51, he teaches, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. So Jesus is the new and better bread from heaven better than the bread he gave the 5,000 the day before, and better than the manna in the desert. In verse 58, Jesus says, this is the bread that came down from heaven, not like the bread the fathers ate and died. Whoever feeds on this bread, the bread of Jesus, will live forever. So after eating the manna in the, in the desert, the people of Israel eventually died. Jesus, the living bread, is much better than the manna in the desert. Jesus is the only source of eternal life.
And the last part of verse 51, Jesus really stirs things up. The bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. Okay, did you feel that? Many in the crowd felt that. They thought Jesus was speaking foolishly. Verse 52, the Jews then disputed among themselves saying, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? So if I say something foolish, on a good day at least, I might give a nervous laugh and backtrack. Jesus does not backtrack. Instead, he forcefully repeats what he just said. Verse 53, truly, truly, I say to you, listen carefully, this is what I really mean. Unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him on the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. In other words, Jesus is saying, you heard me right the first time. Eat my flesh and drink my blood. And if you don't eat my flesh, you cannot have, you will not have eternal life. Let's take a minute to figure out more of what Jesus means by feeding on his flesh. For the Jewish crowd in Capernaum, they were well aware of the miraculous salvation that God offered to the people of Israel in the book of Exodus. Uh, the manna saved the people in the desert, yes, for 40 years. But the people were saved before that by another form of food, the Passover. As the people of Israel prepared to leave the oppression of Egypt, God commanded them to eat the Passover lamb. So in Exodus 12, 8, God commands, they shall eat the flesh that night. So after some instructions on how to prepare the lamb for dinner, in verse 11, we read the specific way they were instructed to, to eat it. Uh, in this manner, you shall eat it with your belt fastened, with your sandals on your feet and your staff in your hand, and you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. So the flesh of the Passover lamb was food for a difficult trip out of Egypt. They were gonna eat it literally on their way out the door. And the blood of the Passover lamb protected the people of Israel from death. In Exodus 12, 21, we read, um, go and select lambs for yourself and kill the Passover lamb. Touch the lentil and the two doorposts with the blood for the Lord will pass through to strike the Egyptians. And when he sees the blood on the lentil and the two doorposts, the Lord will pass over the door and will not allow the destroyer to enter your houses to strike you. The blood of the Passover lamb protected the people of Israel from being struck down in God's judgment against the Egyptians. But Jesus is the better Passover lamb. In John 129, John the Baptist said about Jesus, behold the lamb who takes, the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. 
In John 6, 54, Jesus, the Lamb of God said, whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. This is far better than the lambs of that first Passover, whose flesh stopped hunger only for a little while and whose blood provided only one night's protection against death. Okay, so feed on my flesh, that may have been offensive to many then and, and now. Another big offense that Jesus um, brings about here may not be quite as obvious to us. So in verse 51, remember Jesus said, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Jesus said, I came down from heaven. The Gospel of John has already made this point. In John 1.1, we read, in the beginning was the word, Jesus, and the word was with God, and the word was God. In other words, Jesus was there in heaven in the beginning. He came down from heaven at the first Christmas. In addition to coming down from heaven, Jesus claimed a special relationship with God. In John 6, 40, Jesus said, for this is the will of my father. Jesus said, this is the will of my father, not our father, my father, that everyone who looks on the son and believes in him should have eternal life and I will raise him up on the last day. I will raise him up. Jesus claims the power to grant eternal life. In today's passage, Jesus did not directly claim to be the son of God. He would teach more clearly about this later in the gospels, but he is implying a lot in John six and the crowd picked up on it. Now on this side of the cross, we know that Jesus is the son of God. As uh, the apostle John said in John 1:14, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we have seen his glory Glory as the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. But in John 6, even without claiming to be directly the Son of God, Jesus claimed a lot. Jesus said he came down from heaven, talks about my Father, he claims the right to grant eternal life. Okay, why would many take offense in Capernaum and other places? So Jesus went beyond stirring things up, challenging values and beliefs. He offended many. Jesus is is claiming a bunch of outrageous things. He claims he is the bread of heaven, better than the manna in the desert. He is claiming to be the ultimate Passover lamb, better than the lambs sacrificed in Egypt. And Jesus said, he came down from heaven, talks about my father, and he claims the right to grant eternal life. You or I may not feel the weight of that offense because we often refer to Jesus as the son of God and our savior. But the crowd at Capernaum, for many of them, these claims were too much. They were shocked out of their sandals. And not just many in the faceless crowd, many of the disciples were offended. Verse 60, we read, when many of the disciples heard this, when they heard what Jesus was teaching, They said, this is a hard saying, who can listen to it? Jesus said to them, do you take offense at this? And for 
many in the crowd, and many disciples, the answer was, yes, I do take offense at this. And they left. They were so offended, they rejected Jesus. Should we be surprised that people are offended by the good news of the gospel? In 1 Corinthians 1, 22 through 25, the Apostle Paul writes, For Jews demand signs, like more bread, and Greeks seek wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified. A stumbling block to Jews and folly to Gentiles, but to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. For the people of, in Capernaum, was Jesus offensive? Was he foolish? Or is Jesus the Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God? So I said many were offended. Many turned away. Many rejected Jesus, but not all. As others turned away, Peter, the bold and often offensive disciple, spoke up. Verse 67, when Jesus said to the 12, do you want to go away as well? Are you so offended that you're going to leave me too? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And we have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. So using Paul's words from Corinthians, Peter was one of those who were called. Peter saw Jesus as the wisdom of God. He saw the power of God in Jesus. He saw Jesus was the Holy One of God, the Christ. So our, our final point, do you take offense at this? What's our reaction to Jesus' teaching in John 6? So as we approach the communion table today, how do we respond to Jesus saying, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. Does this seem foolish like to many in Capernaum? How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Is it a stumbling block like it was for many disciples? This is a hard saying, who can listen to it? Or do we respond like Peter? whose words echo through the ages. Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life, and we have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. Our Father, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for his, uh, his willingness to, to become our perfect and final Passover lamb, for his body to be broken on the cross, his blood to be shed for our sins. What an amazing miracle, God. Thank you so much. In Jesus' name, amen.